gentlemen, to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and as you know, we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and boy do we love 10-minute plays. And here on the Best of All Possible Podcast, you're going to get a brand new 10-minute play every two weeks here in 2019. And it's not just me sitting here reading to you. That would be pretty boring. We have joining us a, a pool of talented actors from Williamsburg, Virginia, including Mr. Joe Ziarko. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Joe, today we're going to read a play called Penny or Your Thoughts by John Levine. And I've got a question for you that's tangentially related oh, no. to the play. I, that's right. It's coming back in vogue. No. <laughs> Joe, are you, are you a heavy sleeper? Are you are you a nighttime thinker? Uh, I am a, a very heavy sleeper. In fact, um, I found that I am one of the. It's only about two percent um, of people that actually sleepwalk as adults, and I actually fall into that category. I would be sharing this with you as though you didn't know, but that's really for the listener because we all know that we both sleepwalk, Joe, <laughs> and we were roommates for six years. Six years, that's right. So there were certainly some uh, some shenanigans there. The real beauty was when we couldn't figure out. Who was responsible? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that one morning I remember that, that the shower curtain, the rod, the shower rod was ripped out from the bathtub and it was through your door. Yes. So I stuck my head in your room and I said, I don't know what happened last night, but I'm pretty sure you're responsible. Yeah. <laughs> there was less question that evening than, for that evening than most. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Joe. Right. Welcome. And also joining us tonight is Sharon Hollins. Hi, Sharon. So are you a nighttime thinker, Sharon? Do you sleep pretty heavy or not? No comments from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Sharon's husband is here with us tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you want me to say about That's, that. I was just, I was just, I was just wondering. Yeah. There's, there, there's, 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 there's some, uh, there's some thoughts, some nighttime thoughts that have, uh, that play in in our play here tonight. Uh, you know, while somebody is lying in bed, and I just, I was just wondering if, uh, wondering if maybe it's time for anybody who thinks. What do you think? Liz Thomas is also joining us. Hi, Liz. Hello. Happy to be here. You, you got like a, a solid four claps out of us. <laughs> there, Liz. Thank you. I'll take it. Welcome back. Heavy sleeper, Liz. Uh, yes and no. Um, I, as a kid, I did sleep through a couple of hurricanes. I was told by my parents. So I guess I that counts. Yeah. I think that counts. I don't know if that carried over into adulthood, but, um, cause my cat can wake me up pretty easily, but yeah, were but you, I, I'll take that. Were you here when we had the great Virginia earthquake? Um, no, so- I missed that. Although it was, um, so I'm originally from North Carolina and we did feel, Parts of that all the way down and where I was in North Carolina. So I, yeah, so I do vaguely remember that, but I was not close to it. Sharon looks like she has something hilarious to say about that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not a thing. thing. (laughs) All right. So ladies and gentlemen, as I said earlier, we're going to be reading a play called Penny or Your Thoughts by John Levine. And this is a cold read. Our actors have not laid eyes on this script before and actually... For this week and the next, uh, the following three weeks, this will be a genuine cold read for everybody at the table because my wife, Caitlin, has chosen the plays for the next Woo! several weeks. She's here and she can hear us clapping. 
So she's responsible for either our, our love or hatred. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Love. Love. So uh, as these, uh, as uh, Joe, Sharon, and Liz have not laid eyes upon the script here before, they don't know what roles they're going to play. So I'm going to assign those roles now. Joe, if you would be so kind as to play the role of Hank. Sharon, if you would read Penny. Liz, if you would play Dez. And I'm going to open this up here for myself. Very good. So, ladies and gentlemen, I will read the stage directions. Without further ado, Penny or Your Thoughts, a 10-minute play by John Levine. The characters are Hank, male, Penny, female, and Dez, who could be female or male, referred to by the pronoun they, but played by a single actor. The time is 3 a.m.-ish. The place is Hank and Penny's bedroom, that place between sleep and wakefulness. Hank and Penny lie in their bed, asleep. Penny rests peacefully. Hank tosses and turns. Dez enters. They look at Hank and Penny. Circle the bed three times before sitting on the bed next to Hank. Dez stares at Hank, then tries to wake him. They might poke him, prod him, pinch him. Hank pulls a pillow over his head. Finally, Dez punches Hank. Hank wakes. Ow! You're awake. Huh? What? Oh, it's you. You were expecting who? The Tooth Fairy, maybe? What? No. Miss me? As a matter of fact, no. Can't I get one night to myself? Don't think so. She's always here. She's indicating Penny, who's still sleeping. But she doesn't wake me up every night. Look at her. Such a sound sleeper. No troubling thoughts keeping her awake. Right. That would piss us off if we were you. Don't you just want to... No. You know you want no, to... No, I don't. Really jump in the gun tonight. So to speak. Usually start with random thoughts. Seemingly unrelated. Desultory. Little things that go over and over in a loop. Like which side of the street you parked your car on. Shit. Did I park it on the wrong side? Those super germs. Uh, or those super germs that are resistant to antibiotics. Or what your boss really meant when she asked you if you'd lost weight. Or that woman I saw downtown. The one who looked just like my third grade teacher, Mrs. Winter. Except Mrs. Winter would be ancient by now. Or maybe even dead. And this bitch you saw was the same age as when you were in third grade. Hey, Mrs. Winter was not a bitch. She was my favorite teacher. And that's why you're thinking about her at 3.30 in the morning. She must have a... What do you call it? You, you know, um... No. Yes, yes, you do. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. Doppelganger? Yes! Doppelganger. Is that German? Which reminds you of that article you read about the anti-immigration demonstration in Berlin. Berlin Dillon, the Bay of Pigs invasion. What song is that? Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray. Shit, you wake, you wake her. She can't hear us, remember? But you're right. We don't want to wake her. It's better if you do it while she's sleeping. Shut up. It would be so simple. Just wrap your fingers around her neck and squeeze. Please stop. Or you could take this pillow and just push. It would be over in less than a minute. How many times do I have to tell you? I don't want to hurt her. Then why are you thinking about it so much? I'm not. Really? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 
not, I'm not, I'm not, I am not. During Hank's outburst, Dez sits patiently and waits. You done? I'm not. Or how about the knife in the kitchen drawer? I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, we're just saying out loud what you're thinking. These are just thoughts. They're not real. These are just thoughts. They're, they're not real. These are just thoughts. They are not real. These are just thoughts. They're, they're not real. Do you really believe that? Because those are just thoughts too, right? Dr. Mendrick says... Again with Dr. Schmendrick. Mendrick, he says that thoughts are meaningless, just mental deterrents, uh, floatsome and jetsome of an unconscious, just washing in and out with the tide. If that's true, then your whole life is meaningless, too. Why not just end it all right now? The knife would be the best. Stop! Penny stirs. So we've got a question for you. If thoughts are meaningless, why do you care so much? Why not just ignore us? Believe me, I wish I could. So you can't ignore us, ipso facto. We're not meaningless. Don't listen to Schmendrick. He doesn't know you like we do. Remember what the other one said, the Freudian? Dr. Sloan. Uh, she wasn't a good match for me. Is that why you saw her twice a week for two and a half years? I was in a vulnerable place. I, I was afraid I was going to give in to my, ur my urges. Would that be such an awful thing? Sloane says you need to examine your violent ideation. Schmendrick Mendrix. Says, says thoughts are meaningless. Who are you going to listen to? Not you. But as much as I hate to admit it, you raise a, a good point. Since my two therapists have radically different philosophies, I started doing my own research. Good for you. Thinking for yourself for a change. Keep that up and we'll be out of a job. And then I'd get some sleep. So what'd you find out, Mr. Independent Researcher? I'm sure the internet is full of all sorts of interesting information. So there's the Freudian approach. Sloan style. And the thoughts are meaningless theory. Schmendrick. But I came across a third theory that says you should examine your thoughts, see them for what they are, and then just let them go. What's that called? Mindfulness. Really? You stumbled upon the number one trending topic on social media. You're good, Sherlock. Actually, I heard about it on a podcast. Wait, why am I thinking about this now? It's almost four o'clock. I need to get sleep. Be our guest. Hank lies down, closes his eyes, tries to go to sleep. Dez watches him. Hank tosses and turns for a while. It's no use. So since you're awake and since what we say is meaningless, let's say you go grab that knife. Shut up. Come on, it's so close. We'll go with you. Go away. We're meaningless, remember? Grab the knife. 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 Hank gets out of bed, goes to the kitchen offstage, and comes back with a butcher knife. There. You happy? You wanted this so badly. It's us, man. It's all you. Hank looks at the knife in his hand, turns it around, examines it from various angles. He looks at the sleeping penny. Now, just lift your arm and plunge. Hank lifts his hand, holding the knife above Penny's neck. Penny wakes up. Hank? 
Hank immediately puts the knife down. Penny is surprisingly unfazed. You okay? I, I don't know. You having those thoughts again? Uh-huh. Remember what Dr. Mendrick said? Yeah, but they keep coming back. And they're... They're about hurting you. You have to remember that everyone has thoughts like that. It's normal. You don't have them, do you? Everyone has them. The trick is to let them go. But they come back. They will, and you just have to let them come and then watch them leave. Hank tries to follow Penny's instructions. He looks at Dez. Dez smiles at Hank. Maybe even waves. Dez isn't going anywhere. It's not working. It takes time. Just be patient. Hank waits. Dez baits Hank. Maybe even makes faces at him, pokes him, slaps him, etc. Hank suddenly grabs the knife and jabs it in Dez's direction. Dez dodges the jabs. Hank lunges. Dez parries. Hank, don't. Don't give in. Hank continues to stab the knife in Dez's direction. Dez continues to dodge and bait Hank. Hank becomes enraged. Penny grabs Hank's hand, uh, the one holding the knife. Gradually, Hank calms down. He starts to put the knife down. Don't. Don't? Don't put it down. I want you to... Forget it. It's the only way we're going to make them stop. No. Hank, you have to. I don't want to. I know, but it's the only way. No. Not now. It's late. The sun will be up soon. Let's make today the day they go away. Are you... Sure. I'm sure. Okay. Ready? I think so. I hope so. Dez feigns being uninterested in Hank and Penny's conversation, but as the scene proceeds, Dez, Dez can't resist. They're very much invested in what happens. Pick up the knife. Penny delivers the following instructions in a... Oops, excuse me, that's for you. <laughs> Calm and steady voice. Feel the weight of the handle in your hand. Now gently, with your other hand, touch the pointed end of the blade. Feel its sharpness. Run your finger along the edge. It is real. It's real. Now, slowly, point the knife at me. No. Trust me, Hank. Do you trust me? Uh-huh. Good. Then bring the blade to my neck. Hank tentatively moves the, moves the knife up to Penny's neck. Good. Now, touch my neck with the blade. He does as he's told. Dez watches with delight, turned on with anticipation, really getting into it. Hank? Yeah? You're doing it. Yeah. And you're not hurting me. Now, do it. Cut her. Hank pulls back his arm and holds the knife in a stabbing position, but instead of stabbing Penny, he stabs in Dez's direction. Dez dodges the knife just in time. Don't give in. Let them go. Tell her we're not going anywhere. I'm not listening to you. Hank puts the knife down. Penny holds her arms out to Hank. They hug. Dez watches. Hank and Penny hold each other. Dez continues to watch until... Disgusting. Dez slithers off. They're gone. They did it. Hank and Penny continue to hold each other. After a while, Penny lies down, motions for Hank to lie down next to her. They both lie down. Hank falls asleep. Penny sees that Hank is asleep. Dez re-enters, makes the same walk around the bed three times, this time sitting down on Penny's side of the bed. And so it goes. Blackout. End of play. All right. Thanks, guys. 
So uh, what we're going to do is going to move into the part of the play now where we have a brief discussion about the play that we just read. And I always like to start with our first impressions about the play. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Joe, what are your initial thoughts? This is going to be as simple as I like the play. I didn't like the play. Anything that stood out. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy doing these readings. I enjoy when there is humor. I enjoy the absurd ones. I enjoy the funny ones. So, as you know, about... A third of the way into this, once you really kind of got a, a flavor for what it was going to be, um, I think it was one that might have initially been one that I didn't think I'd be interested in or mm -hmm. if you just described it to me. Um, but I ended up really in, enjoying it. I, I thought it was a, a nice balance. I don't think it was um, too heavy-handed in what it was doing and really kind of played both sides nice. I, I did anticipate that Des would ultimately be coming around to uh, penny side of the bed eventually, but I, I did you anticipate it. that? Yeah. Oh, I did. okay. Um, uh, some of the things that, that Penny, or I think Des says that, that all, everybody has it. There are a few uh -huh. things in there that I was kind of wondering, is this going to be just Hank or is there going to be something that is said by, this isn't just an individual thing. It's not only Hank who struggles with, if not this, something. I see. Sharon, uh, what, what are your thoughts? sure i have a love of the weird uh-huh <laughs> go on just i didn't like it uh-huh sorry well written um didn't like the message okay don't think everybody's got those thoughts but i think i i think that obviously this was written large but i feel like you know especially when we look at the the first like ways that he's distracting himself it's those distractions and things that keep us up at night that is mundane as that person looked like my third grade teacher to you know things that are more disturbing and difficult to deal with now for everyone that might not be violence towards a loved one it might be fear of debt a fear of you know disease addiction i think it can be a stand-in for something bigger hmm. yeah but penny but penny knew that he was having violent thoughts towards her and wasn't she the one that said it? That everybody she did had, say yeah. that, yeah. I think that that's, I mean, I think that that's understandable. And I, uh, I agree in, in part. I think, you know, I don't think everybody has necessarily violent thoughts uh, towards, uh, towards loved ones. But uh, there are thoughts that creep into our heads, I'm sure, uh, that should not be there. Liz, what are your initial thoughts about the play? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, really well balanced. I mean, it was just, um, I, I found myself halfway through just going, okay, I, I really do want to know what happens next, which sounds terrible, but does not always happen when I am reading a play. Sure. Um, new or otherwise. So I thought it was really well written. And um, I personally did not see Des coming back to Penny. I saw Des re-entering, but... Uh, perhaps going back to Hank, um, or, or maybe just I, I wonder too if like it just keeps circling. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly just thought that Des might just come back and just keep circling and looking at both of them. But. Uh huh. Joe, I, I think that maybe that's also where I I was suspicious if we were going to come back to debt or to uh, Penny mm -hmm. on this in part because of what you say, Sharon, which is the only way that Penny is okay with. Hank having these thoughts, I think, is if there is something equally as disturbing going on That's in Penny's true. mind. Yeah, it's just it's, That's true. There's that sort not of a good relationship. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying this Abusive is a guide for Robert. My question yeah. for you is how do you feel that your wife picked this play? Oh man, <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, here's here's the truth. She picked the she picked this play, and then she goes, "I'm gonna bake you a bunch of cookies." <laughs> Are those That's the ones? The tr- yes, they're the ones that I brought over here. <laughs> she said we couldn't eat them; they're just for you. That no one else is supposed to have them. Is That's it? right. You better stay away from my cookies. <laughs> So I want to shift gears a little bit away from the emotion of the scene here a little bit. And I want to ask you a question about how to direct this play. Uh, Because because there are two people lying in the bed and and the focus shifts from one person on one side of the bed to another person on the other side of the bed uh, right there at the end, to be sure. So I wonder if you... Let's just say that you had uh, the budget that you want for this, whatever it might be. How would you approach this if money was not the issue? Fly system. (laughs) That's your answer for everything. You're you're, you're right. How do we solve the debt crisis? Fly system. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. (laughs) All right. Well, I thought it was funny. There we go. Shut up, Liz. I, I think that I think that you can do it on a small budget. I don't think yeah. you need to go. Oh, I think that you can. Sure. So tell me, how would you approach this, Joe? Uh, Stop I think, dancing around the bush. <laughs> that's I phrase, think that right? that's a phrase. It is now. I think this is one that actually could benefit in having a you know almost like a modern dance uh, performer esque in the form of Des. I think some really creepy body movements uh, as Paul, uh, part of this could be a fun way to make Des uh, a little bit more unnerving. Some classic like Palabolus weird like bending backwards. Well, stuff. Like Martha Graham. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know why, but I'm picturing this at like sort of a, a pop-up theater kind of experience. Like for some reason, the first thing that popped into my mind was let's go perform this at Ikea. Let's go like find. <laughs> really? Like, <let's>, <laughs> like I just... You know, all right. I, I'm which, gonna, you need I'm to explain sure, yourself a little bit. Here. Uh, I don't know if I can. You know these weird thoughts that happen at what what time is it? Do you uh, have night? Do, yeah. do you have violent thoughts about, about putting Ikea? together no. Ikea, Ikea furniture? <laughs> no. Although sometimes I do want to throw Ikea across it. So it's harder than it looks sometimes. Anyways, anyways. No, but for some reason I thought. Um, I mean, I think when you have plays that are so intimate like this. My initial thought is to take it to the people, as it were. I mean, just find intimate spaces where you're going to grab people, where they don't necessarily, especially when it's something that is about just daily life. So take it to daily life. Take it to Mm -hmm. a place that they're not necessarily going to expect these things to happen, be it a, a street corner or Ikea or whatnot. Um, but because, All right, I'm with you. I'm right. buying it. Uh, there we go. Because it, to me, sometimes I, I worry about intimate plays like this getting swallowed up on a stage. Um, I wonder, though, if um, instead of having Dez's lines where they're going on about, um, you know, is is that German and, and Mrs. Winter and, of course, what was that, uh, Billy Joel you know, uh-huh. and the Berlin Dylan Bates invasion. Um, instead of actually saying those lines, uh, if you are going to have it on a stage, what about having screens around and then just like these flashes, these images, you know, so an image of Mrs. Winter or an image or maybe like all of a sudden Billy Joel's, uh, was it We Didn't Start the Fire? Uh-huh. Starts blaring. So you're really having that sort of visceral kind of reaction that Hank is having as well. Instead of just hearing about it, you were experiencing it with them. I like the idea of multimedia for yeah. this because I, I think that's like, I can be a heavy sleeper, but I still have those experiences when you're jolted awake mm-hmm. for the silliest thing just as Absolutely. you're about to go to bed. Uh-huh. And it is that very kind of jarring image Absolutely. or thought or, or sound. Yeah. 
Any thoughts on staging, Sharon? Yeah, I put it on the biggest stage I could find. Okay. And just a bed in the middle of the biggest, darkest stage I could find and do it with light. I think that I think that we're on the same page, actually, you and I. Uh, I, I think I'd be calling my friendly neighborhood lighting, lighting designer and lighting tech to come over and uh, <laughs> close the barn doors on those Fresnels, right? And yeah. put a nice, sharp edge on, on that. And actually, I think maybe for... Uh, for the beginning, the the real light would be just on Hank yeah. there. The more uh, darkness you can get around them, the better. I like that. I'm, I'm I buy that. I I, I kind of the reason I said as big a budget as you can is because I kind of have this anything goes moment, you know, or or uh, or um uh, uh light uh, noises off moment where you turn the oh. stage around, you know, and you turn the bed around the other side, and uh, you know if you. Anyways, that's what I was thinking. So there you go. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. <laughs> I think some really stark backlighting on Des for the first appearance, something just sharp like that. Although I also dig just very dark. Yeah. Except for that one yeah. concentrated. Surely for you know, surely for the budgeted production, uh, by I which would, I would say Des should be shadowy, kind of ethereal, sort of not quite solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like IKEA. With a well, with a you know, with a with with uh, some. I love you, IKEA. With some simple psych lighting, you know, Dez can uh, just be a shadow, and you'd be able to see him or her, yeah. them it just makes fine. The choreography a lot easier. It, it well, would. Also, right. Actually, um, that goes in, in, into sound. Uh, if Dez was just a shadow, and Dez is female or male, referred mm-hmm. to you as they, and. What if Des was just sort of this disembodied voice in a way, as well as then a shadow kind of moving in the back? I, I'm not sure. Because that does make it like a thought, like you can't reach Des, like you can't actually take hold of Des, um, but they are still present. And But having like these different sort of male, female voices interchanging, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that would be an interesting um, opportunity for sound design as well, of like just these different thoughts coming in and you're, again, they're, they're tangible. You can hear them. You can see them, but you can't reach them. Sure, that worked for you, Sound Tech, who shall not be named. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she says yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. I want to make sure that we uh, thank John Levine for his play, Penny, thank or your you. thoughts. Thank you very much. Thank you. And of course, thanks to Josie Arco, Sharon Hollins, and Liz Thomas, and the Sound Techs who shall not be named for their very fine work. If you enjoyed. Oh, and my special producer credit to my wife, Caitlin, for picking the play. Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, Now, if you enjoy what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every week on Apple Podcasts. I have been informed that it is no longer iTunes. It is Apple Podcasts. Also, you can find us on Facebook at Panglossian Productions and on Facebook also at Best of All Possible Podcasts. I hit a brick wall, so listen next week and you'll hear the rest of my spiel. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye.